a lot of us don't feel like we are enough, whether it be good enough to be a husband, like maybe somebody's been single for a long time, maybe somebody's struggling with infertility, maybe we're not enough to be a parent yet. You are enough. We just need to bring it out and stop creating these things that we fabricate, that that we kind of convince ourselves that we're not enough. All right, guys, welcome into episode number nine. As always, we appreciate y'all listening out there. And we got something new this week that we're kind of excited about that I'll share in just a few minutes. But I was thinking today, I haven't seen you guys in two weeks since the last time we recorded. Really don't know what's going on in your life other than Kyle and I hung out this weekend. So let's start out and in front of the world share what's been going on any funny stories memorable moment, moments so guys i have a uh, a new first time dad moment to report oh. and i wish i could say it was a proud dad moment but it was more of a parenting fail so i'm sitting there you and didn't over medicate your kids <laughs> <laughs> no i didn't pull a okay. i didn't pull a binkley but. okay so sitting there eating lunch with jackson and across the kitchen counter are Timmy and my young daughter, Thea, which she's about uh, 11 months now. On the middle of the counter, we were cutting fruit. And so there was this very, very sharp knife that was, you know, in the middle of the kitchen counter. And never in my wildest dreams did I think that Thea would somehow be able to reach the knife. But Thea managed to reach over, grab the knife. And we're talking about a sharp knife here. And she's literally just holding it right up to her face. Got the pointy end, like, <laughs> in, <laughs> inches from her face. Give me a cookie, man. And, yeah. I mean, this is one of those, uh, you know. Like child's chucky. play. Yeah. 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 That's what I was like, little chucky. You know, this, this is one of those moments where you always wonder what you're going to do in this specific scenario when it when it happens. You know, will, will you... Will you, you know, rise to the occasion or will you just completely fail miserably? Well, I kind of failed miserably. <laughs> so in the moment, I basically just froze. And all I could think to say was, shoot, 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 shoot. But take out the two O's and put an I in there. <laughs> and immediately after I said that, Jackson goes, shoot, 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 shoot. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so forgot to, forgot to earmuff the kids. So you forgot got, to earmuff the kids. So basically, there. you had one kid cursing at you, and the other threatening wielding with a, knife. a knife. Yeah, yeah. we uh, solid week. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're, we're pretty good parents in the Jones household. Yeah. What are you doing? That I mean, if you could do it all over again, do you go like with a fast reaction, or do you like like you're inching towards a wasp trying to kill it? Like right. Liam Neeson over there. What is the r- what is the right? Well, see, yeah. see, I thought about this because. You don't want to lunge forward and go after the knife because it could cause a reaction from her and she could do something with the knife. So I don't know that I really would have changed much. I think I just would have actually tried to get real words out and say, Timmy, Thea's got a knife and be calm about it. But instead, I just just froze and started (laughs) throwing out obscenities. Well, I wasn't going to tell this, but uh, it's the podcast. So I got to. Yeah, full disclosure. Yeah, kid moment, very similar. Catherine's on one end of the couch. Reed is on another. Grant's over in the beanbag across the room. I'm walking out of the room after dinner, and Grant rips one. And that's just, you know, all guys, yeah. we all think right. that's yeah. hilarious. You we got laugh two, about kids, it. two boys, yeah. Well, Reed, Mr. You know, he's, he's an innocent, so it's just funny kind of his mouth. He goes, <laughs> what I think I heard him say was, Grant just farted out of his A-double-S. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't say A-double-S, of course. He right. Out. right. 
and I hear it and it almost stops me in my tracks and I turn around and I see Catherine's face. That's when I realized that's definitely what he said. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. We had a little conversation. He didn't really realize that was a bad word, even though he knew what it meant. And uh, that's one of those parenting moments where you're trying not to laugh. Yeah. Because it's hilarious, but you've got to like, okay, I've got yeah. to, this is a teaching moment. I can't miss right. here. Yeah, Just yeah. waiting for him to say it at school. Right. But yes. I'll let you guys know <laughs> when that happens. So I got one more then. I wasn't going to tell that earlier one. So the one I came prepared with was uh, from this last weekend. So Kyle and I took the families to Del Hollow for a camping trip. Great time all around. But I have to say the highlight was the day two of trout fishing. They weren't biting quite like they were on day one. And so if you're picturing, I mean, this trout fishing was like easy. I mean, you could literally reach down with a net and catch some of these things. And the kids were catching them right and left. Well, they weren't biting up there on day two. They were fished out, I guess. So Kyle and I go from where you could take your grandmother to fish, like five steps later, you have to be Bear grills to even attempt <laughs> the next thing. But Kyle's been here before, so I'll follow him down into this ravine, muddy ravine. It's, it's deep. As soon as you get down in there, I mean, it's it's muddy. The water is like 40 degrees. Yeah, it's ice cold, yeah. Ice cold. There is and a fast, moving fast. There are tracks everywhere of wild animals, so you're definitely not alone. <laughs> There's walls on either side of you, like 20 feet yeah. high. You're not getting out. And trees falling. I mean, it was crazy. And the there's a smell. You remember <laughs> yeah, that smell? Yeah, yeah, I remember it. Anyways, it was crazy. Uh, but Kyle is literally like, I mean, picture a bulldozer like in first gear. That He's just plowing through here. I mean, it, nothing. I, there's nothing to do. You follow the man, you know, and you're having the time of your life, but you're also scared. And then we start reaching these parts. I don't know if, it, I don't know what I would call it. The closest thing I could think of would be like quicksand. Yeah. And it looks like it's mud, but you step in it and you are up to your knees. Yeah. And it's going bloop, bloop, bloop. Like yeah. Methane bubbles are coming up from it. <laughs> yeah. And you're thinking, I don't know when if, I, I'm, if yeah. I'm going to get out of here. But here's the more impressive part. So I had some pretty tall muck boots on, so I was managed to move around. We really didn't have intentions of doing this when we went back there. We'd come yeah. to a better prepared. It was a, it was a perfect man thing. You're like, we could walk back and be better prepared. Yeah. Or we'd just forge just ahead. Yeah, we just forged we'd ahead. we just forge ahead. That's stupid, but. Well. But the best part was is Ryan came for the casual fishing, and we went in for the – he had a pair of blue Crocs on, a pair of gym shorts, and I'm pretty sure a common denominator T-shirt, and managed to make it all the way through. We caught fish. We did good. We did – of course, nobody else goes down there, so we were doing great. But somehow, his croc retention ability in this mud, I just was waiting for him to come up like, man, I'm minus a shoe. Yeah. It was gone. But I had somehow, to fish it out one time. Yeah, but. somehow he kept his crocs <laughs> in, in quicksand, so I was impressed. Yeah, That's the old, you know, the old toe curl that you do to keep, <laughs> keep those types of shoes on. Yeah. I had that going the whole time. Yeah, so. good times. Anyways, it was pretty impressive. Uh, if y'all didn't know, Kyle was manly. Um, yes. He definitely is. Did you collect any rocks while you were down there, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> I had an eye out, but uh, the other rock collectors have already come uh, through yes, and fished they, them all out, so no guns. rocks there. Yeah, yeah. I did notice there was one additional thing in your uh, outfit there. You had your phone hanging by your neck in a waterproof uh, <laughs> container, which I think is hilarious yeah. because... Like you're going to Dollywood. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, the, the phone the phone you're protecting is like, it's like an original iPhone, right? Or is yeah. it an iPhone 2? Right. Right. It's so, an antique. It's, it's, yeah. The value's going back up on that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that, that was the funniest. The pictures that I saw, that's all I could think about. I was like, why is he protecting that phone? 
Look, you called me out. Well done. I, it was on around my neck for several pictures. And a couple of times I thought, this looks so stupid. Like a tourist you would see. No, not at all. <laughs> and so I, I actually tucked it into my shirt on a few pictures, but I just I, I forgot but, on some others. But here's the best part. We, we started wading through this, and Ryan literally says, this is a good time not to have a wallet in a pocket, which we both had wallets. I, you know, I had all my fishing stuff in my pockets. We had no intentions of forging this. But come to think of it, I was like, you know, he had that thing around his neck the whole time we could have put our wallets in. But we decided <laughs> to leave the antique iPhone in there. <laughs> well, your wallet the whole time since I was following you, I noticed Kyle had on like sweatpants yeah. basically with loose pockets. His phone was like dangling out of the top of that <laughs> yeah. thing the whole time. Yeah. It's a miracle. Well, that's the difference in a company phone and a person. Right. Yeah, I, I don't care. know what happened yeah. to it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing you had your wallet. You never know if you're going to run into a turtle that can change a 50. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Well, that was fun. I mean, yeah. we, we always have these stories where we talk about, like, our past and things that happened. It was good to stop and catch up on what's been going on the past few weeks. So the rest of this episode, we're going to stick with our usual two-minute drill. I think this will be week four of the two-minute drill uh, with uh, two more to go after this. And then I mentioned earlier we we're going to do something new. We're going to delve into the realm of interviewing this week. Uh, so we've got a great guest, John Harris. He's joining us here in just a few minutes, so I'll leave the introductions and all that for later in the episode. But we're excited about it. I think you guys are going to love him. Let's roll. Let's roll. All right, this is the two-minute drill. A reminder for you guys, we got some feedback that uh, some of the listeners were having trouble putting a voice with a name. So this is our attempt to solve that as well as let you guys get to know us a little bit better and have a little friendly competition. The rules are uh, one person will be interviewed each week. Uh, It's drawn out of a hat so they don't know it's coming. The, The questions are prepared in advance. They will have 90 seconds to answer as many questions as they can. And the loser after six weeks, meaning the person with the least amount of answers, will get wet uh, after they spin the well of water. So a recap, Adam was week one. He answered 21 questions. Week two was Lance, who tied Adam. He also answered 21. They're currently tied for last place because week three, Kyle stepped up his game and he answered 23 questions that's debatable baller right. i think there was some controversy there mm-hmm. we'll have to no figure that out there's later. a couple incorrect uh answers uh, adam had one too so we'll make as usual we'll make up the rules as we go and decide if that's we right. need to deduct <laughs> uh, anybody down to the bottom <laughs> either way i'm still ahead of adam so we're good <laughs> so who's got uh, lance has got the hat there's three names left in it me ryan uh that's and then jansen and daniel Let's all right see who's ahead. up this week and on the hot seat Daniel. Yes. Uh oh. Here we go. All right. Uh, Daniel is going to be asked questions from Adam this week. Adam, are you ready? I'm ready. Daniel, are you ready? I am ready. Lance, are you ready to start the clock? I'll count you down. Ready? Three, two, one, go. How old are you? 35. What do you do for a living? I'm a teacher. If you could have any job in the world, what would it be? Paleontologist. All right. What is your wife's middle name? Elaine. How long have you been married? Nine years. How old are your kids? Seven and four. Do you already have the answer to these questions? <laughs> if you had to trust one of us in the room of rescuing one of your kids from a zombie horde, who would it be? Uh, you, Adam. You like uh, Walking Dead a lot. You talk about it all the time. Thank you. What's your favorite podcast other than ours? Ooh, Cult of Pedagogy. 
Would you rather? <laughs> sorry, nerd alert. A little bit there. Sorry. Would you rather get a facial tattoo or pierce your belly button? Pierce my belly button. Definitely. You're directing a movie about your life. Who plays you? Uh, Jimmy Fallon. What's the last movie you cried in? Uh, Mr. Holland's Opus. What's your favorite? What's your top bucket list item? <laughs> bucket list. Uh, I did cry during the family visit on Survivor last week. Uh, Take your time. Bucket list. I don't. Bucket list. Uh, go to. Uh, go to Alaska. I don't know. What's your favorite fast food chain? Uh, Taco Bell. What was your favorite cartoon growing up? Um. Uh, Captain Planet. <laughs> favorite junk food. Uh, jalapeno chips. Favorite ice cream flavor. Cookies and cream. Favorite place to vacation. Uh, the beach. If you could only watch one movie for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, uh, a Mighty Wind. First celebrity crush. Uh, <laughs> Topanga from uh, Boy Meets <laughs> World. That was nineteen. Oh, oh crap! Crap! You said a word in there. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard. What, yes. What was the question? Was it the podcast, it was the podcast question? question. Yeah. Oh, could yeah. you elaborate? Uh, <laughs> it's a uh, uh, it's a, a, a teaching uh, pedagogy is like the the study of, of teaching the science of teaching basically. Oh, I thought it was like growing uh, marijuana. Or something. No, no. It so it's a uh, a podcast that that I listen to. Uh, I'll be sure to not, learn. It sounds my crap. I'm sorry, I'm I'll, my yeah. I'll be sure. Out. I'll be sure not to tune in. So full disclosure yeah. <laughs> on on the questions, we uh, we try to mix it up a little bit each week, and I, I handed the questions over to Adam this week, and I said, hey, here's the questions from last week. Feel free to mix it up and add in a few questions. Pretty sure those were the exact same questions <laughs> we ordered last week. I reordered a little bit. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, there's one key question that was not in there. And you're, welcome, <laughs> and you're welcome, Daniel. Thank you. Thank well, you. apparently, if you have the exact same questions, you answer less. That's what yeah, it did, obviously, it did not help the, me. The, the order threw them off. Mm-hmm. I, I will say on your defense that if I was going to rule in anybody's favor, I might add one or two in because Adam was trying to talk to you and, and retort some of your answers. Did you notice that? We'll give you 20. Thanks. All right, yeah, round it up. I'm, st- I'm still in last place. <laughs> All right, guys, we are joined here by our special guest, John Harris. Welcome, John. Hi. <laughs> I feel very special. Yeah. <laughs> He's walked in, we gave him a t-shirt, and we're like making him immediately start uh, start on the interview here. But Let's do it. So we, uh, I guess for the listeners, they're wondering how in the world we know John. We know him from church. Mm-hmm. We're all acquaintances. Um, True. We, uh, I had to reintroduce myself to you today just to make sure you knew who I was. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> But while we had him on today, is we all know you through church to some degree, mm-hmm. uh, varying levels, and we follow you on Instagram, social media, and uh, we listened to another podcast that you did several months ago. Right. We're just, uh, I guess, impressed and encouraged just by some of the things you share, interested in just talking to you. And we found ourselves, I think, listening to that thinking, man, I wish I could ask him a follow-up question because right, right. you're, you're just, you have an interesting story, mm-hmm. and we're always trying to relate to people whether it's five people out there listening to this episode or if it's 500, we want to relate. And you have some things I think relate to people. So yeah. who knows where this thing will go, but we're going to have fun. And I'm up for anything, man. <laughs> we are going to put you, we do this little thing called the two minute drill where we rapid fire questions. Okay. Uh, but uh, since you're our guest, I thought I would turn it around on the guys here and we are going to do an intro of you just by going around. And so guys, we're going to start with Adam. Oh, great. Of we're going to try we're going to try to go <laughs> around. I'll, you know what? I'll start since uh, you guys don't know this is coming. Uh-oh. And we're going to go around and just name one thing you know about John. 
And oh, we're going to see how well or, or, or <laughs> not well we know John. Okay. <laughs> this will be good. Awesome. Okay. So let me start. This is Ryan. John is a fellow ginger. Oh, yes. Obviously. Absolutely. Which is a, a, he's great just because of that. Right. Adam, what do you know? Muscular. Ooh. <laughs> also obvious. Thanks for taking all the obvious stuff. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Uh, John plays bass guitar. Well, we're three for three, guys. Yes. We're doing good. John has a spectacular, as a man that cannot grow a beard. Easy cut. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let me, so let me finish. I am take your shirt off in a second. I, yeah, I remember. I, I just sit in, in church. I don't, I don't hear what half the time what anybody's saying because I'm sitting there looking at John's beard. So. Can we take yeah. a picture of your beard and yes. also John's <laughs> right. and compare it? Yes. Yours is a lot splotchier. Yes, splotchier. Mine's got a little more leprosy going on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if we're if there's yin and yang in the world, it's our beards. We're yin and yang. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, nice. All right, uh, John uh, is strong because he owns CrossFit Gallatin. Yes, sir. Kettlebell slinger. Every day. John actually used to be a band geek before he started his own gym. Oh, dun 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 dun. Got the obvious stuff. Hurtful. Yeah. (laughs) Still am a band geek. (laughs) (laughs) Just based on following on social media, he has an excellent sense of humor. I I would hope that it's excellent. Um, For some people, it might be much, but (laughs) I think that's a sign of excellence. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. All right. uh, John is a husband. And a father of three gingers That's as well. Two. Absolutely. Sorry, I took two. Well, you took mine. So go ahead, <laughs> okay. go to Lance. <laughs> I, I passed. Go to Kyle. Yeah. Um, are we about? Are we out here? Yeah, I think I'm we're out. Yeah. I'm de- yeah. Okay. Well, we'll learn more, a little bit more about John as we go. So, all right. Uh, <coughs> the butterflies are out for John. Now we gotta gotta put him under the gun. So the two minute drill. We're gonna put as many questions out there as we can. Okay. The goal is to just answer as many as you can. We've got a little battle going on for us between the six of us. Who, whoever answers the least amount gets doused with water in a creative way. You don't have to be part of that. But okay. Okay. if you're a competitive person, the number that you want to beat right now is 19 answer questions. I have to answer more than 19? Yes. More than 19. 19 would be a tie for last. And the record is 23 by Kyle. With, with two questionable yeah. responses. Two que- <laughs> but still responses. Well, I haven't showered today, That's so... Well, that was one water. of the questions. So you <laughs> scratch that one. Hey, there we go. So does uh, anybody have a timer ready? You don't actually get doused tonight. Yeah. <laughs> be... Hey, I'm ready for anything, friends. <laughs> if uh, yeah, if you happen time. to get less than 19, we'll invite you back if you want to get doused with water. <laughs> you can. Okay. But... I like it. So, John, I'll be ask, asking the questions here. We'll start you off with a few softballs just to get you going. But okay. uh, as soon as Kyle has the timer ready, ready we'll start. Yeah. All right, count us down. All right, three, two, one. How old are you? 33. What is your wife's name? Lindsay. How long have you been married? Three, almost three years. How many kids do you have? Three. What are their ages? 15, 11, 9. What do you do for a living? I sling kettlebells and show people how to sling kettlebells and other heavy things. How much do you lift, bro? Um, all of it, bro. <laughs> if you had to trust one of us in the room with spotting you on a lift, who would it be? Um, probably yourself. <laughs> As he looks around the room. <laughs> Thank you, John. No you have a road show, <laughs> Thank you, John. That was um, the right choice. <laughs> what is your tattoo of? Uh, which one? I have a blood moon on Pick the inside one. of the elbow. I have um, this really cool goat on my forearm. 
That'll do. Um, uh, what is go. the last movie you cried in? Uh, Terminator 2. <laughs> <laughs> Who would play you in a movie about your life? Conor McGregor. What oh, is nice. your favorite fast food chain? Taco Bell. What was your favorite cartoon growing up? Rocco's Modern Life. Woody or Buzz Lightyear? Every time, Woody. If you could only watch one movie for the rest of your life, what would it be? <sighs> Kindergarten Cop. What is your <laughs> What is your favorite song to work out to? Favorite song to work out to is currently um, Tremble. I cannot remember her name. We have played it at church. I get really moved by some worship music sometimes, and it just lights me on fire occasionally. Man. How long have you been growing your beard? Um, I've had a beard since I've been 22. Time. All right. I'm afraid nice. John didn't get the concept of the two-minute hey. drill. It's cool. I still enjoyed the answers. Yes. Though. But, yeah, it's yeah. speed. It's quantity over quality, but that's fine. Dang. I thought they were good. Good yeah. response. His is much better. What do you get, like 25? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, was was anybody counting? Ooh. We'll go back. Yeah. We'll go back and look at the record <laughs> yeah. on that one. What kind of podcast is this? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Fortunately, we're recording. So. Yeah. All right, so, John, we got a lot of questions, but this can go any direction. Wherever it goes, we'll, we'll ask you. You answer things. We'll probably ask follow-up questions we didn't know we were going to ask. But mm-hmm. this is a real loaded question because you've just got there's such a story here that I already know. But I mean, you started a gym. Mm-hmm. How in the heck did that happen? Very carefully. So, what hmm. were you doing before? I worked you were... for Gibson Guitars for twelve and a half years um, in a manufacturing facility. Um, I wasn't like a corporate suit and tie guy. I was actually building the guitars. I was there for 12 and a half years, worked in every department at a, at some point. I was kind of capped out, whether it would be um, pay level or advancement. Pretty much anything above me in, a, in an advancement role didn't last very long. Um, so I wasn't really interested in spending more time at Gibson. And um, I'd always been relatively self-conscious of my size and things like that so um, me and a friend of mine that I worked with we um, started working out in his basement you know started to get a little bit of confidence but really after I saw some other people that started coming to his basement literally turned into different people you have this person that started and then these are very different people after a few months I was like wow this is a fascinating process how cool would it be to somehow figure out a way to help people do that same thing and then be able to buy groceries by doing that. So let's figure out how that works. So when, what, how old were you when that started? Like you started working out? Um, probably 20, 26, 27. We did our first cycle of P90X, if y'all remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah, been oh, there, yeah. done that. Um, yep. I think I ended up, I, when I started, I was 128 pounds. And um, pretty, so, pretty small dude. I'm not great at math, but I think you said you were 33. Yeah. So seven years ago. Yeah, it hasn't been very long, really. Yeah, that's okay. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because like if people look at you, that would be like, "Hey, you've been doing this all your life, right?" No, no. Yeah. I was uh like I said, I was I was a band geek. I had a full ride scholarship to Cumberland University that I was unable to take advantage of um, because I had a child at a very young age and. It's either be in marching band to hold your music scholarship or like have a job. And you can't have both. You know, when you're in marching band in college, it is a full-time job. So I chose to uh, 
get a job and make money and, and, you know, feed the baby and stuff, you know, right? Yeah, <laughs> the responsible yeah, thing right, to right. do. Um, but no, I played, I played music, you know, in and around Nashville for a long time and got a little jaded with the music scene. And, um, I pretty much strictly play for churches now. It makes everything super easy. Um, but it's that personal development side of, you know, the fitness industry, so to speak, that I got really passionate about. And that's why I figured, I think I can do this. If this and this and this happens, I think it could work out. Um, I planned it for a little too long, and then I realized like, I'm, this is never going to happen unless I just do it. So right. we just had to do it. Yeah, talk about that. I mean, the planning period. There's so many people that like have dreams of doing yeah. something, whether it's something small or starting a business. Right. Like, how long did you sit there and wait on, sit on it? So, and uh, this is something we talked about before, where you know I was super big into podcasts. I listened to, I had like ten hours a day at work. I would just digest podcasts about you know business planning, you know all the all the technical stuff. But I never really found anybody or any sources that had like actual specifics, like. What should it cost to do this and that? And um, when I when I met Lindsay, you know, we we were talking about you know planning our wedding, you know, all these things that you know most newlyweds or soon to be newlyweds would do. And um, my divorce was pretty hairy, and it kind of brought light a lot of things like, hey, we, we need to be a little more intentional with everything. And um, we we decided to. Uh, pay off all our personal debt. It was it was in order. Pay off personal debt, purchase a home in Gallatin, Tennessee so we can get the kids in Sumner County schools and then open a gym. And that took about a little over two years. Um, it could have happened sooner. It could have happened a lot later if I kept doing the same thing of like, this has got to be perfect. I got to have this and that and this and that. Probably would have never happened. Um, but it took about two years. And then I had four people coming to my garage paying a hundred dollars a month i had and when you say garage you mean your garage like my two-car garage yeah. <laughs> with you know a couple of squat racks a couple of dumbbells and i had amassed this you know lump of cash you could say but it was nowhere near what all these people were thinking you know i remember specifically this this old movie gallery went out of business in gallatin and it's right next to big lots had four leases. I was like, man, this would be a sweet spot. And I called them. <laughs> it was like, they wanted like like $3,500 a month was the yeah. lease. They wanted first month's rent, last month's rent, security deposit that was the same amount. So you're talking like $10,000. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They were going to throw in all the uh, DVDs that were left over. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> all kinds of copies of Kindergarten Cop. I mean, <laughs> a dream come true. Right. Um, but I remember when I talked to them, I was like, there's no way there's no way I'm gonna be able to do this and uh because that's about kind of what I had saved up a little less than that and I knew that whatever whatever somebody says something's going to cost to do just go ahead and double it and that's a good realistic budget for most things at life right. in life it seems like I just happened to see a Craigslist ad for a random literally the ad said three bay doors 2,400 square feet Gallatin, Tennessee. No pictures. Your entire checklist Nothing. right there. I'm like, All right. Well, this might be something. And I called the guy up and uh, we talked a little bit. We did some negotiating. And um, I won't tell you exactly what my rent is. Sure, sure. 
but uh, four members was not going to cut it, <laughs> not even half. Yeah. But I was able to kind of say, hey, I'll pay you um, two months of rent in advance, sign a two-year lease if you give me two months free. I signed my lease November 18th of 2017. He started it December 1st of 2017. And uh, I didn't have to pay rent until April 1st again. So I knew I had until April to get, you know, this amount of members to at least pay the bills. And uh, I would say for six months, like things just barely worked out, just mm-hmm. barely worked out each time. Do you have that moment where you wake up in bed like, oh, you know, I mean, yeah, it was, and I had, I, there was, there's been three of those moments and every single time it's worked out. Yeah. Every, and, and we're talking like a couple of them are like very last minute. Right. Very last minute. And uh, that's why I knew that it was going to work. So, what, I mean, what's your personality like through that? Are you extremely stressed and high strung? Are you kind of laid back, like just feeling like God's going to take care of this for me? Or I would say um, I want to get into specifics, but I don't want to paint people in a certain light. When your life like literally falls apart at every end, you really start to... Uh, not worry about most things you know like uh oh my wife is not here i don't know where she is the kids have to be at school in four hours why are we worried about other things right you know right and when you have to work all that stuff out my ex-wife and i have an extremely extremely good relationship now um you'd be hard-pressed to probably find another separated couple that works as well as we do but we had a lot of, she had a lot of stuff to work out and I did too. And I was kind of by myself for a few months and I had, I mean, paying rent was like the last thing on right. the list, right. you know, like figuring, Hey, I have to be at work at 5 AM. How are the kids going to get to school? They got to be at school at 730. Uh, I'm How's in Nashville, yeah. no family, no friends up here really. So having to figure all that stuff out, a lot of stuff just doesn't matter anymore. You know, even, even if it's like, Oh, we don't have the money for rent yet. It'll work out. It'll be fine. Yeah. We'll figure it out because this might sound a little forward, but I believe I am a person who works things out. Yeah. And I, and I choose to believe that every day, whether it's, you know, coaching somebody to do an, an air squat or figuring out why my gym is deemed as a luxury amusement for the state of Tennessee, and I have to pay sales tax for memberships. Those are all yeah. things that I just have to figure out, and I'm not going to... Um, I think we've all had that in our lives where we feel like we hit our rock bottom, whatever it is, whether it's finances or a marriage or a job we lose. Really, the beauty out of that comes is you can figure out just how much you can tolerate, mm-hmm. just... You, you figure out a lot about yourself when you're on the bottom, not when oh, you're on the sure. top. And I think that's part of what you're hitting at is like, you know, things become real relative when you're at the bottom. Like, okay, this, is this, this, and this I can take care of. Paying rent or, you know, this, this, it just really doesn't, it yeah. doesn't matter that much. I want to I want to back you up to something. When you decided to open your business, did you have kind of an aha moment or was it something that was really building up? Did you and Lindsay, how long did you just have this in your head until you said, hey, you know, this is what I want to do? Was she in from the beginning? What was her reaction? I would say I wanted to open up a gym or be a part of a gym well before I met Lindsay. Um, a part of the previous relationship was like we weren't quite on the same page. And um, when Lindsay and I met, I mean, probably within the first week, I was like, 
I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. I have three kids. You're graduating from college. You have no baggage. What are you doing with me? What's, what's, what's wrong with you? What's the catch here? Did somebody, like, is there something I don't know? Such a romantic. Oh, I, I mean, I was just awestruck. I mean, you guys have seen Lindsay. You've seen me. I don't know how I pulled this thing off. Um, but it was one of those things where I was very open about everything. I was like, hey, this is this is what I'm passionate about, but I want to do it the right way. You know, when we decided, when I asked, you know, let's get married, I told her, I was like, we got a few options. You know, we can we can pay off all our personal debt that we were going to do that regardless. Um, we can have a really nice wedding and then an okay honeymoon. We can have a super cheap wedding and have an amazing honeymoon. We were talking about going to New Zealand for like two weeks. Or we can have a super low budget wedding, no honeymoon, buy a house and open a gym. And it wasn't even really a discussion. It was like, that's the one. Nice. We're doing that. Yeah. And uh, so she's been the most supportive human. She's been the most supportive human being in my life ever. It's just created a very strong foundation for us to make decisions on how our lives are going to be lived on a day-to-day basis, weekly, and having goals. We still have goals now. Sure. And I think sometimes that's how marriages sometimes get in a rocky spot where there's no goals. There's no like direction for whether it's financial or, you know, how you're going to parent your kids or how you're going to, you know, what's your role as a husband, what's your role as a wife. Figuring what that out is and being proactively seeking to get better at those things is something that I probably drive a little more than maybe she wants me to sometimes. But I, I think because of my history and my past with, other relationships um this ain't getting screwed up right. so we're we're gonna make sure <laughs> we're gonna make sure we're moving in the right direction and we're not stagnant and we don't get bored there's somebody probably listening to this podcast that's going through something right now like i said whether it's a relationship or financially isn't it amazing like you go through a lot of bad stuff if you could go back current john could go back and tell john eight years ago like when you're at a low or whatever however long ago it's like dude hang in there like there's some really good stuff coming like you take your (laughs) life now from what it was a decade ago and you're like how in the world did i get from there to here yeah i don't get it sometimes yeah i really don't get it it's crazy so john on the flip side you obviously had a lot of support from Lindsay, and that that sounds awesome that you know you had you know y'all had each other to get through the you know a lot of obstacles so did you have people on the outside that kind of looked at you like, you know, you're crazy. You're opening up a gym. What are you doing? I mean, did you, what kind of other obstacles besides the obvious financial ones did you guys have to overcome? It takes a certain type of person to do what I do, I guess. Um, It's easy. I could have stayed at Gibson, made, made great money, very stable. Um, I knew when I had to be to work, I knew that I could probably call out a couple of times, with this time span and you know it's very safe um but there was just no fulfillment no passion and uh everybody like everybody at work was just like this guy's crazy (laughs) 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 and uh i still have people that that i'll talk to talk to occasionally and um i don't talk to him that much anymore because they think you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, they're still where they're at. Right. Where yeah. they were. Yeah. And I wasn't happy with that. Um, a very pivotal moment was uh, I have a pretty decent relationship with my dad. I wish it was better. But I remember he said something to me. We're, we're talking about 
the specifics of like business licenses and all this junk that I had no idea about. And uh, he said he said something to me in his office one time. He's like, you know, you're pretty naive. I don't think you really understand, you know, what this is going to be like. And I just looked at him and I said, I'm okay with that. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm okay with not knowing. And uh, I, I met with him for lunch today. And this is nothing that I would not mind saying to his face. But he's been sitting in the same office for like 37 years. Right. And um, he's miserable. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we talked today and I was telling him about all the developments that we're having with the gym here recently. And uh, he was like, man, you're doing it. See a little bit of envy. <laughs> well, he, he, you can see it. Yeah. Because, like, he's sitting there. He's chatting with his boss on his computer, and he's just, it's this resting complacency that he always has. Right. You know, dad comes home. He turns on the weather channel. Don't ask him to throw the football. That was my childhood for the most part. Right. And um, and I told that to him. I was like, man, you had so many opportunities to to do something else. And I feel like I can see myself in him if I would have stayed. Yeah where I was, right. you know. You know, I think so much of that is a generational thing because that mm-hmm. that was the mentality the baby boomers. Yeah. Uh that was the mentality is that you get a good job and the the last thing you want to do is quit that good job. Yeah. If you got a good pay and they treat you halfway decent, don't even worry about looking anywhere else. You better die there. Yeah. 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 And right. so certainly I was and I'm not trying to pick on generations, but I think it's definitely a millennial, but it's even a bit of a Gen X type thing to say, you know what? I don't love this job. And yeah, it's good money and it's good. It's it's a it's a job, but I'm not happy. Right. And I think that's kind of where you arrived at. You always knew you had a, a different dream and you pursued it. Yeah. I think um like you said it's very generational because you have like, you know, if you're coming out of de- the depression era, you know, we are spoiled rotten people today. You know, I have this thing in my hand that I can yeah. any piece of information ever I can have, you know, in in seconds. And um, it has afforded us to explore what yeah. we like to do, you know, whether it's hobbies or even occupation. If you can blend those two, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Somehow, you know, I posted this video a couple of days ago where classes are over. One of my members has two twins and I just kind of sat there and watched them. They're just running around and their class has been over for 20 minutes. They're still hanging out. So it's like, are we at work? Yeah. Are we? <laughs> are we really? Are we really at work? Yeah. I don't think we're at work here. I think we created that. Right. You know, we created work. We created, you know, workers and uh, all these tasks that have to be done in exchange for money so you can buy things and it's just this cyclical thing. And I think we invented that for security purposes. Right. And once you can get over the hump that I had to get over that first, you know, six months of being in business, you can kind of see those developments like, oh, we can. I think we can do this. Right. You know? That was my next question, kind of was, at what point did you start seeing, all right, we're on the rise, there's there's a hump I'm trying to get over or two yeah. to at least be break even or maybe make a little bit of money. So so you say it's about a six-month process? I would say um, we, we never lost money. We've never lost money, and we've never gone into debt. Wow. And we've had some, you know, there are some nice CrossFit boxes, really nice CrossFit boxes. Um, we were not one. Um, but, you know, I, uh, I've i seen people go into debt and it handicapped them to the point where this, the business itself is not sustainable. Right. Um, so 
we were kind of in full swing January 1st, and I would coach the 5 a.m. class, hightail it to Nashville, get there by 7, work until 7.30, come back home, pick the kids up just in time to coach the 5 o'clock and 6 p.m. class. I did that from January 1st to June 1st. June 1st was my last day at Gibson Guitars, and we were approaching summertime. I got young kids, put them in daycare. Yeah, we all know how much that costs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So it it was either like something was going to have to give, and and mentally I was just burnt at Gibson. I was like, I cannot keep doing this. So I said, it's either I'm going to stick this out for a little while longer until I hit this arbitrary number that means I'm successful, and then I can quit. Right. Or I can quit and figure it out. And it worked. Yeah. You know, I I made my own summer camp. (laughs) And uh, I'm not sure if I'll do that again. (laughs) Um, But that's how I made it work. Yeah, we've never never dipped down to the point where we weren't making money or or hemorrhaging money, so to speak. We've always been in the black. And that's something I'm super proud of. I I think you've been touching all on it, but I mean... There's a lot. There's not many listeners out there that could relate to opening a gym or even yeah. having the dream. I mean, yeah. maybe one other listener out there. Maybe, sure. Maybe Lance. That's about it. <laughs> maybe one day. But maybe one day. I think everybody can relate to having a dream that they're scared to go for. Oh yeah. And everybody listening has one where they whether they've ever admitted it out loud or not. Yeah. It's there. Whether it's starting a podcast was scary for us. Yeah, that's cool. You starting a gym or whatever the dream is. I mean, what if you were going to summarize just some advice to somebody that's has something in their mind that they want to do. Yeah. But they whatever it is is holding them back. What would you say? Well, you know, as as adults, we're taught to be responsible, make logical decisions, you know. Everybody has kids, so we're trying to raise our kids to be, you know, responsible adults. It's the goal of a parent is to turn their child into a responsible contributing adult. And the best way to do that is to be safe, logical, calculate things and um I mean, probably every parent's heard this, but you're never ready to have mm-hmm. kids. Right. I was not ready to open a gym. Um, I was not ready to open any kind of business. I had certain pieces in place, but I think that's what happens is we get so handicapped by perfections, or and we usually just create those. And usually our perfections, most people don't even know what those are so we can't we're, we're trying to please ourselves without disappointing other people because as soon as you try to do something and it doesn't work out especially as a man we don't want to look like a failure we right. don't want to put ourselves in a vulnerable position like oh look you tried something didn't work <laughs> what a loser and, yeah so what does that do when we say what a loser we don't have to talk about our stuff right. we don't we can just bury that down and uh, we can laugh at somebody else. Right. And uh, we do that really well as men. I yeah. think it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever your dream is, you reverse engineer that. What would it look like if it was easy? And really, you have to start with, I wanted to teach people how to get healthy and feel better about themselves mentally and physically. So you set that baseline. So what does that mean? My mortgage is this much money. So I need to make that much money. And well, we spend this money in groceries. You're going to keep going down that rabbit hole. It's never going to work. Right. Yeah. It will never work. The math will never work out. And you'll be 60 years old 
working downtown Nashville in the same office you have been for 30-something odd years. Hoping, hoping your 401k is enough you can retire <laughs> well, so you can die. <laughs> that's a great story of my dad. Yeah. is uh, He worked for WorldCom back in the day. Y'all remember what happened to WorldCom, right? It's not good. Yeah, um. it, all of it was gone. Yeah. And that's probably why it's still there. And, and I, don't, I don't want, and I'm not, I'm on team, set your goals high yeah. and, and, and do your best to achieve them and take risk. But the last thing I want to do is encourage everybody, hey, if you don't like your job, just quit and you'll yeah. find something else. <laughs> oh, I didn't do that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I definitely didn't do that. <laughs> you quit because you had a passion for something. You knew what you wanted to do and yeah. you, you stepped on a ledge to do it. I mean, if, if I'm in a comfortable job and I'm like, well, you know, I don't like this, but I feel like maybe there's something else I can do. I'm not going to just quit and then go, OK, what, what should I do now? Yeah, you know, oh, I mean, of course not. I wonder what should I get into now? But I mean, if I've got a if I've got a dream, if I've got a goal in mind that I can actually pursue, I think that's where it makes more sense. Yeah. And, and we can even go back a little farther where when Lindsay and I were looking for houses, you know, we, we applied for that pre-approval. Lindsay had not gone through this process before, so she comes back and she's like, "We qualified for three hundred <laughs> and fifty." I was like, "I know, yeah. we're not doing that." Yeah. Yeah, right. So it's it's like the limit on your credit card. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, you don't oh. want to reach it. Well, so we had to ask ourselves: we could afford this technically, but what would we have to do budget-wise in order to make this gym thing work? We bought a house that was built in 1972. It was all original, wood paneling, and I kid you not, I can show you pictures of the shag carpet in my bedroom that is still there. <laughs> um, Turns out it's nice on the feet. It's super <laughs> nice on the feet. Um, and it's not like I'm trying to brag about stuff, but we didn't like we still don't have living, living room furniture. We don't have uh, we have a dining room ta- table with no chairs. Um, we have. Um, disassembled bunk beds for the kids because we don't have the upright frames um and we we talked to the kids and it's like um if we if we reduce overhead to what most would see as an extreme point you can do a lot of cool stuff right and because um, are the kids going to remember they had awesome bunk beds no. or the mom and dad took them to no. do something fun no. whatever that is well see like i can go eat lunch with my kids Whenever I want, right. I can go help on field day, and I don't have to ask anybody. And that's something that you don't even fully appreciate until you can do that. Right. Like today, um, took the kids to school. I was when I when I worked for Gibson twelve and a half years. I never took my kids to school, and that was a big deciding factor when I put my two week notice in. Is that my daughter kept asking me, "Hey, come eat lunch with me. Come eat lunch with me." If school's almost out. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it." And then I realized that Isaac was in high school and I never ate lunch with him at school ever. That's one of those aha moments. Oh my gosh. Because I was so afraid. I got to take a day off. I got to put in this paperwork. I got to put in a 30 day notice. And uh, before you know it, your kid's in high school. Yeah. And uh, Maddie had three weeks left of elementary school. Then she was going to middle school. And I was like, well... There's we're, no we're, way we're, I'm going into a middle school to eat lunch with kids. Well, I've <laughs> it's done a that, dangerous place. I've done that twice, and it is a very scary place. Um, if you got a beard and tattoos, it's even more <laughs> yeah, scary. Yeah. Um, you got all kinds of kids and interested teachers. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, who was that man? Yeah. Um, you but, realize they're talking about you on the walkie-talkies. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> but I was like, this is... I'm going to keep going through this. I'm going to keep negotiating with myself saying, oh, well, we'll do it next year. We'll do this. Right. And 
you know, I just, I was done with it. So I put my notice in and, um, we, you know, the gym was making money, but it wasn't as much as I wanted. The, ba- it, the balance it's, sheet. It's still not. The balance so sheet like, was going to change drastically when you made yeah, the decision. Yeah, you had it's to do it. It's a big thing, yeah. If you can't figure it out by now, you're super passionate about what you do. What makes you so passionate about the gym? It's, you know, are you trying to raise the next generation of athletes? Are you trying to help people out? What, what, what is the mission statement of John Harris? Fitness is a vehicle for personal development. I could care less what Lance deadlifts. Yeah, me too. I hate that guy. <laughs> I, could, I, could, I can look it up if you need to. <laughs> I could, I could, I'm not super concerned with like high-level athletic performance. Um, I, don't think it, I don't think we got into this too much, but uh, my mom lived a pretty rough life. And she passed on her, she passed a week after her 52nd birthday. She struggled with depression for years. And it even got to the point where she went on disability for clinical depression. And then there are so many crazy stories that I could go into that it would just blow your mind that she would do some of these things or say some of these things. And I just saw how like mentally broken she was most of the time. And when I, when me and my buddy Ryan started working out in the basement, I met this guy, I won't say his name, but he would walk into the gym and he was just down on himself, like all the time, just negative self-talk constantly, constantly. And after two or three months, this guy was not that same guy. And he ended up quitting the job he didn't like, and he opened up his own business. And if I say the business, you'll probably know who it was, but (laughs) it was a... It's a moving experience. This this person has gone through this, um, you know, rebirth almost. And we used things like the squat or the bench press or running or whatever, you know, whatever the method is. And we, we just use that to instill some confidence. And I know for a fact that it works. Um, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of, you know, studies that that correlate mental health with physical health and it's really difficult to have both of those in high levels when they're not working together so people that struggle with confidence mental health depression depression could be a source of anything whether it's you know spousal relationship whether it's your kids or or whatever it is we can use that as a as a practice you know you, you can you can go around reading books or having good friends but the it's almost mind numbing when you're like I mean Lance, you know what it's like to do a CrossFit workout. Yeah. What are you thinking about during that? Honestly, I mean I'm a lot of times I'll be thinking about personal things. That's just me, but I'll be thinking and this is just getting real personal. I don't know if this is where you wanted to go with this, but you know, my son's been through a lot and when I'm going through a workout, I'm sitting there thinking get it together Lance if if Jackson can go through everything he's going through you can do this yeah and it's just I kind of use that to push me forward through the workout and like I I love that part of Mm -hmm. of physical fitness going back to kind of using as a tool for professional development like I I totally do that and get that that's all it is whether somebody next to you is you know running a six minute mile or you're running a a 20 minute walk we're trying to elicit the same response you know when I do 50 push-ups I might feel the same as somebody else feels when they do four push-ups right you know? that that's what we try to match in the gym is that 
wherever your peak is. I'm just trying to edge it up just a little bit. Yeah. And that's why I think that setting works. You know, group classes, you have people. You know, I, I have a husband and wife that never did anything physical, ever. And both of them have lost like over 80 pounds. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's insanity. Your whole goal, I guess, to say from what I hear you saying is, you're there just to kind of help people along on their personal journey. Yeah. They, that, that's your goal. They are enough. Yeah. A lot of us don't feel like we are enough, whether it be good enough to be a husband. Like maybe somebody's been single for a long time. Maybe somebody's struggling with infertility. Maybe we're not enough to be a parent yet. You are enough in every facet. We've been given that. We just need to bring it out and stop creating these things that we fabricate that that we kind of convince ourselves that we're not enough. So by somebody getting on the bench press, day one, week one, they bench press 50 pounds. A month later, they bench press 60 pounds. I mean, those are pretty rock hard numbers. Right. You got stronger. Yeah. I can't think of many other things that replicate that, you know? Yeah. I, just, I just don't. I can't think of many. So we just, we use that method yeah. to bring that out of people. I mean, that has to be the most gratifying thing is to see people along that journey like you said you probably got people in your gym that can do things that make most people go man that's awesome but the but the real the real satisfaction is having somebody that's got health issues or somebody that really has they don't feel good in their own body to see them you pat them on the back say you know you you realize you just did 60 pounds you did 50 when you came in here and to see that light up on their face has got to be the most rewarding thing ever i mean i can't think of many other professions where you can do that yeah You're seeing people change their quality of life within themselves, but then you see that with their kids, and then they bring their friends, and then they tell other people, and they might not live here, but there's another gym near where they live, and then they, it's, we're effectively like changing the world, like literally, quite literally, we are changing the world. Right. And uh, that's very like, woo woo, big picture, weird (laughs) stuff, but, but it's like, well, that, that's reality. When you, know? you change, <laughs> when you change one person's yes. world, you are literally changing absolutely. the world. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, I agree with that totally. Uh, I just, I love it, man. I get fired up. I, yeah. Sometimes I just want to be like, ah, who's next? Who's next? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. Because uh, I, I believe in these people because I've seen people at the lowest state come out of that through fitness. So, just a real funny story about me and, and the gym and CrossFit. I, I think I've been doing it for almost a year now. And literally, it's taken me about a year to do what they call a double under, yeah. which is essentially where you, where you're you're doing a jump rope, but instead of going it under you once, it goes under you twice. Like literally, it's for whatever reason, it's one of the most complicated things for me to get down. <laughs> it's like it's like you know, can you can you pat your belly and rub your head at the same right. time? Oh, like man. it's all about coordination. And so I finally started to get it recently, and all of a sudden I'm like I'm hitting like 10, 15 in mm-hmm. a row, and. I'm looking around. I'm like, are y'all seeing this? Like, I'm actually, I'm actually hitting, I'm doing it now. So just yeah, exactly what John says, man. It just gives you that excitement when you're finally doing that. And I can climb a rope now. I never yeah. thought I'd be able to do that before. I don't, I, I maybe that'll come in handy if I'm hanging out with Bear Grylls at some point. <laughs> you never but, know, man. You never but, know. Yeah, it's just amazing what it can do for you. If you're in that ravine with Kyle, like we were talking about earlier, it'll, it'll come in real handy. So, man, I've got so many questions. I don't, I don't know which way to go here, but. We're a group of guys that, like, when you talk about being insecure, mm-hmm. I can relate to that in some ways. And most people wouldn't know that about me. Yeah. Um, like, for me, like, leadership is one that, for whatever reason, I feel like God's given me leadership talents. I can say that on one hand. Right. But there are certain leadership things that get per- put in front of me where I'm like, ah, I don't, 
Thanks I want to try that, you know, like, like being the host yeah. of a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and I think it, for this podcast has been good for me. And I would say the other guys, because yeah. there's been certain episodes where we talk about things that we might've shared with one or two other people at the mm-hmm. table or our yeah. wives, maybe, but we certainly wouldn't have thrown it out in front of tons of people like we've been right. doing. And so it's been a journey, but you, you've touched on that. And I guess I'm, I'll just put you on the spot here. I mean, just insecurities for you. Like, what are they? A big gym owner. People would look at you with a tattoo yeah. and an awesome beard and start his own business. They would say, that guy has none. Yeah. But, but that's just not life. Well, it's funny because, like, when, you're, when your body changes, you don't see it. Like, I, it's almost embarrassing for me. Uh, y'all know Travis, the drummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Northfield, yeah. Right? It was almost like every Sunday I'd be walking up on stage and go, "Oh, Big John, getting huge!" <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I don't see this. Yeah, I don't see this because I still see 128 mm-hmm. pound, tiny John Harris who like has been looked at as a weaker male like mm-hmm. for a long time, and I just kind of had to deal with it, you know. Um, so. Like this shirt. This is a great example. Look at this shirt. It's kind of tight. It fits great. And I, and I feel like I don't want to feel, I don't want to make it look like I'm trying to bust out of my shirt. <laughs> so I need to wear large. You know, I need to, I need to create some space so it doesn't look like I'm that fitness douchebag. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm insecure about that. I'm insecure about it. All, it's, it's almost like a little emotional. Yeah. You know, I've been coming to Northfield for a while. And then when people figure out, oh, he does the kettlebell thing. Oh, he does. He owns the gym. I'll have people come up to me. I have no idea who these people are. And they'll they'll start talking to me. And they know who I am because they see me up there on stage. And I'll have people come up and they'll just be kind of like stretching. It's like, yeah, I've been trying to work out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what's your name again? <laughs> and it's like they feel like they have to explain themselves to me. Yeah. Like, oh, well, he thinks I'm a slob. So I have to like. Well, I've been trying to do this. And I, what do you think about this? It's like, hey, man, how's your day going? Yeah. You know, do anything cool this week? How's your wife? How's your kids? But it's like, it's my. It's hard to connect with people because I feel like they separate me from oh, them. Yeah. You know, it's like, like you said, oh, there's the, there's the fitness guy, super fit, owns a gym, cool beard, tattoos. Alpha male. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and I have friends that I used yeah. to work with that would give me that crap, yeah. just like yeah. you know, just all the time. When in reality, you wake up some mornings and are tired and like, man, it's gonna um, be a long it, day. Uh, last know. week was the busiest week I've ever had yeah. in my life, and it was tough. Mm-hmm. And when you when I feel like I can't give what these people are trying to give me because I don't either know them or like I'm just a guy. They, they've looked at you and made up their mind like okay this guy like you said oh, he, he's an alpha male he, you know i've got to go up here and tell him what i've been you know yeah. he, they have you already made up in their mind it's hard to make friends yeah. because it's like you it's just it's just separate it's just a separation it seems yeah. like all the time and that's why like a lot of people that do what we do pretty much our friends are like other gym owners other coaches and we don't really it's difficult to connect with people because there's that line, there's that wall that, and we we maybe we could do better at trying to break that down. But um, 
That's why I try to ask questions. Right. I even tell my kids, if you want to get to know somebody, just ask questions. It can be any question you want. Yeah. I mean, don't be rude, but, you know, just ask questions. Try to get it off. I want to get the subject off of me because it seems like when people approach me, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, he does the fitness thing, so I have to talk to him about that. I was like, well, I I'm, yeah. I, I do a lot of stuff, yeah. man. <laughs> You've been fishing lately? Or, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think that's a – you hit on a point there. I think that's kind of a – it's kind of a microcosm of society, like, we literally have to group everybody. Yeah. Like, oh, he's th- those two are got fitness guys. Well, well, they can be friends. When in right. reality, right. maybe you and Ryan would be way better friends than you and Lance. Because, <laughs> Very possible. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you I'm way up, cooler than Lance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bitch, bro. <laughs> but we, we get into pigeonholing people so much into, you know, like me and Adam have been friends for a long time. He's a super tech guy. He figured out how to put this podcast together. I don't do it. That's not me at all. Yeah. You know, I can't do any of that, but somehow we make really good friends and have been right. friends for a long time so the whole thing like you said of trying to put people into neat little boxes and say okay you and lance fit together because you work out and mm-hmm. me and ryan like to fish so we'll be we'll be friends but i can't be friends with lance because he's not really in the same stuff and i think maybe social media and the way society is now has done a lot of that because we all have a persona it's right. like okay here's his you know that's who he is when well, reality it's a 20 second video it's not who he is he might be doing something in that video but i mean that was really you know i'm not not a huge fan of social media in general but if you 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 can make social media whatever you want right um we can turn facebook into a big argument fest for a better word to use um <laughs> isn't it already i think that's what it that's is. all it is yeah, man. Yeah. that's all it is yeah. and i've unfollowed most people on facebook um but instagram all these videos that i'm doing it was to support my business. And I get to thinking about it. I was like, I put this out like every day for a reason. Right. To market myself, my gym. Um, but maybe it's created this this thing. So right. maybe I should open up a little more. Right. And all the business people will say, no. Just keep doing this it. Is, this, yeah. is, this is your business. Yeah. And, hey, um, you, you can uh, have us come out and swing some kettlebells with you. It'll yeah. take it down a notch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. That'll destroy your what persona. What are they doing? Yeah. What kind of coach are these that? losers? <laughs> um, but yeah, I have I, I, I have struggled with like cr- like purposefully creating this identity for a reason, but then being like held by it, and I don't know. It's it's yeah. it's it makes for a very difficult conversation sometimes. Yeah. You know, I'm just. Hey, we're just hanging out at church. We're right. in the coffee shop. I happen to play bass. Yeah. You don't have to explain I'm how only, you're 10 pounds overweight and you don't feel good about it. Why it's you okay, eat that man. donut? Yeah. Oh, like, like you might see me in the coffee shop with McDonald's. Like, I do that on purpose. Right. I'm not going to sit here and walk around with my, like, whole wheat bagel and my veggie smoothie. Yeah. I am a real person. I eat real food. And I know what I need to do if I have, a, like, a physical, personal goal. I just went through that com- competitive phase. I knew what I needed to do, but it's not to the point where I'm going to alienate myself. Right. For the sake of trying to separate myself into another community that I can't identify with right. normal dudes, you know. Yeah. Two things I want to I touch on what you're talking about. One, I think as far as people identifying you as the fitness guy it's kind of like if you're a doctor or if you're a nurse or an attorney or a cop you know we've got officers at church that i've gotten to know really well through security and it's like i I can see how they sort of identify with each other because they know the things that they go through and so there's a little bit of an intimidation factor there it's like well i don't i'm not really in their world so Mm -hmm. maybe i'll try to talk to them about things oh hey i know i know a cop 
or I, I was pulled over one time. So it's like, <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. It's the yeah. same thing you're talking about. It's like, well, man, what can I talk about fitness related? Yeah. I need to get in the gym, that you know, sense, yeah. I guess. but I, I think where it stems from really, and, and I don't want to pigeonhole guys in general, but I think it's definitely a guy thing. I think it goes kind of back to the insecurity things that, that Ryan was talking about. It's like women, especially can easily, my wife could ask you a thousand questions before you even realize she asked you mm-hmm. one. I am not that person. I'm, I get intimidated when I ask questions because I, in my mind, when I ask somebody a question, I'm already thinking of the next two or three. And I'm like, oh crap, I, can only, I can't think of any more questions. What <laughs> yeah. can I ask this guy? All right, yeah. I guess we're done here. I guess we're done talking. <laughs> and, and it becomes less of trying to get to know that person and more of just trying not to look like an idiot. Right. Yeah. You know? So right. I, think, I think that's kind of what it comes back with, especially for guys when they're trying to talk to you because they're trying to relate to you because they don't want to feel stupid. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, it makes sense. You're talking about specific communities like mm-hmm. cops, doctors, fitness people. What, do you think it is a a desire to connect with somebody who's interesting, or is it, hey, we need to fill some time? You know, I'm I'm standing here, it's awkward, so I'm going to talk about something. I, I want to jump. I think that deep down, guys, and they'll never let it out, are afraid, just as afraid of rejection yeah. as women are. Mm-hmm. So if if I open myself, you know, walk up and say, introduce myself to you, and we can't conversate, and it doesn't work out, I go away thinking, <laughs> man, I was going to try to make a friend, but that was a total disaster. Right. And, it, and, <laughs> and you get inside your own head so much, like, he's a big muscle guy. He plays guitar. I don't do any of that. He wouldn't, be, he wouldn't be interested in yeah, me. Yeah, well, and there's just, there's no, you already make up in your mind that we have nothing in common. Yeah. So we cannot. We can't even conversate once a week because there's just nothing there. And that's and, a way to protect yourself. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think it's a defense mechanism for guys. If Hey, man, if we got one best friend, maybe yeah. two, I'm good, man. I don't yeah. need any more friends. Well, right. And it's so much easier, yeah. too, to connect with people that are like you. Right. It's the challenging, well, there's a reason. Right. Yeah. The challenging friendships are some of the best ones, the people yeah. that are different than you. Yeah. That, Maybe you don't want to hang out with them every day because, like, normal life, y'all just don't do the same things. Yeah. But you can get a lot for somebody that's different, different perspectives, different yeah. hobbies. I mean, it's. I've talked to Trent about that where, you know, a lot of the. These are the types of conversations I like to have. Right. Do y'all have conversations like this outside of this podcast? Now, this is where the podcast started with conversations <laughs> outside <laughs> of this room. We're like, you know, we should probably record some of this. Yeah, this I, is pretty good. I've talked to Trent about, you know, I like difficult conversations. Yep. Easy conversations don't really get you anywhere. Yeah, um, it's it's much like um, vegging out to a TV show of some sort. I just, I, just, I, don't, I don't, I feel like I'm wasting time. <laughs> yeah. and maybe maybe I need to work on chilling out a little bit, you know, and not be so over the top over the time sometimes. But uh, especially as dudes, there's there's a certain level of vulnerability that I think we as men avoid at all costs yeah. because we we and maybe society has put us on this pedestal of provider you know father husband the the beacon of spirituality in your home we have all these things and you know if you screw one up you know it's going to spill over to the other so we got to right. keep it tight i just I've, I've had some really gnarly conversations with trent about stuff like that especially about our moms you know there yeah. was some some hard times when when trent lost his mom and then I, I lost mom you know probably a year after it was it was weird having yeah. those conversations 
because most people don't want to have them. Yeah. And that's another reason why it can be very difficult. To and don't you dare show emotion around another man, you know. Oh, no, you know, no, no, no. And that was instilled from what you're talking about, a prior generation. Boy, don't you cry. Don't you cry. It ain't that bad. Don't yeah. you cry. You know, yeah. and you're, you're programmed to be like, no emotion, no emotion, no emotion. Yeah, that's how we hold that stuff in. Yep. And then resentment. Yeah. Stress that can't be remediated almost to a point, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of things that, like I used to go, I played a lot in Nashville, nightlife, and um, it became a point of contention with my ex-wife and I. It got to the point where I didn't want to do it anymore, and I knew I enjoyed it, but I didn't want to do it, and that overpowered my desire to want to do it. So, I mean, I was a band nerd in high school, and I was just, I had a guitar scholarship. Like, I had a scholarship that was paid for for guitar and, and playing baritone. And now I play bass Sunday morning. I might practice a little bit Saturday night if there's a song that I'm not too familiar with, but I honestly don't play much. And I want to want to play more, but that's where that resentment just kind of killed that side of me. Right. And I don't want to say I regret it, but it's definitely something that is very interesting that it's just not really part of my life as much anymore yeah. i want it to be but it's just it's just not and that's because we didn't deal with it the right way right when it was going right. on you know yeah. and i think that's been an evolution of our group we were always envious of our we have a group of friends that really close our wives are really close to each other i think part of that our wife sort of developed that tight bond really quick and like mm-hmm. the first thing that would happen to one of them they'd text all of them well listen to what happened to me today <laughs> and i think you know man that's kind of awesome you know you can just immediately share with that group of yeah. people get support get feedback they weren't afraid to tell each other that's a terrible idea don't do right. that you know <laughs> and i think from our wives we sort of developed that with each other we probably text each other as much as our wives text each other and i think that's been eye-opening like i said kind of ryan and i kind of talked about this idea of hey we've got something good on this text chain here where we're actually sharing with each other talking about things Lance has opened up about things that goes on with Jackson. It's been as much a gift to me as it is to him to open up about it. And we're like, you know, we this is something to this. Yeah. Guys don't do this. And it's been funny. A lot of the, the people that listen to our podcast, the women are the ones that always give feedback. Like, we love listening to you guys talk about this because I've never talked about this with my husband. Yeah. I want to open up about stuff like this. So that's the goal, I think, is to try to get – if guys would be more open – with not only their significant others, but other guys, yeah, it's a life changing experience. Sure, it I, really. I is. totally agree. Yeah, I could, we could talk for hours. Yeah, sure. that's right. <laughs> Maybe we should keep talking. Part, part I always, two, always look at the editor other. over here yeah. to see how much time we have. But sweating over here. No, I don't. Uh, we don't want to keep you all night. Maybe we need to do this again in a, a few months. Yeah, but, I'm up uh, for it, man. Reoccurring I mean, guest, I, our first know, interview and reoccurring guest. It might be a seventh denominator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, I like that. <laughs> Sounds good. We can only have one fitness guy. Sorry, Lance. <laughs> God, just got voted off yeah. the island. Yeah, yeah. You just singled him out again. Yeah. He's yeah. the fitness guy. Yeah, we no. just talked about that. I thought. Yeah, right. Come on, Ryan. No, I, 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 I mean, I think I'll speak for all of us. I just want to say thank you. I mean, yeah. For me personally. You wouldn't know this, and, and I think this is the way that the Lord works, is that he works through us, and nine times out of ten, we never know. Yeah, and I totally I, agree. That's so cool, yep. and that just shows his power, and that's yep. him and not us. And so listening, I went back, you know, preparing for this and listened to your other interview, and I've watched some of your other things, and I know it's not you. It's just the way the Lord has worked through mm-hmm. you. And I would say that I have grown a lot as far as being open in the past few years. But hearing you 
you're at a different level than me there. And so it gives me something to say, you know what? I need to be a little bit more open than I am. Yeah. I, need to, I need to teach my son that. And so he's a Jedi again, master at being, you know, I'm not, try, I don't, I'm not trying to uh, put you on the spot and just yeah. praise you, but in a way I am, because I think, and that's why we wanted you on here because I think that comes out in you and people hear that and it's so natural and you're sincere. And so I know for me and the guys around the table that makes us want to be more like that. Yeah. And we hope the people that are listening I know they can hear it in your voice because we could hear it in your last interview. And so thanks for doing it. Thanks for being on here. And I know you, the last thing you want to do is plug your gym. That's not what this is about. Right. It's not why we had you on here. You didn't ask to come on here. We wanted you to come on. But, <laughs> but I think people hearing that will, there's there's somebody in Galton right now that's like, man, you know what? I thought Cro- CrossFit was uh, all for uh, tough dudes that were right. doing a competition. Maybe I need to check this guy out. So, I mean, if you don't, if you feel comfortable, share like, Sure. Where's your gym at? How can people join? How can they follow you on social media? What's your rent? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Rent is about to go up drastically because uh, we're moving. Oh, uh, right. we're, uh, oh we're congratulations. Good thing. And if everything lines up, um, we, should be, we should be moving in the next six months. We'll be purchasing a building. So there's that. I own CrossFit Gallatin. Um, I use CrossFit Gallatin as a means to help people Feel better, move better, live better, be more open, be sin- more sincere, be more intentional with their physicality, their relationships, all those things. We, we, I address all that stuff in the gym because it's always like, why are you doing what you're doing? Whether it's Murph is coming up. Yep. So if we you guys don't know what that is. We, we yeah, talked about we, it last we, episode. Yep. Man, if you want to find out who you are, just do that. And you can be at any any fitness level, really, but... It's when you get to the point where you're like, stuff just doesn't matter. And we talk about that at the gym and life just gets easier, whether it's on the physical side or the, the stresses of business life, occupational relationship, all that's tied together. So I, I probably talk too much and probably people get a little tired of it at the gym sometimes. But I do I do address those things. It's not just about your physical fitness. It's about developing yourself as a whole. And um CrossFit Galton is where I usually am most of the day. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, John Harris, no H. Yeah. Strong J-O. John Harris on Instagram. J O N. There's no need to add an H when there was no H in Jonathan anyway. So I'm not sure why we do that anyway. But yeah, you can you can just find me there. You can message me on the website, CrossFitGalton.com or Instagram or Facebook. That's where you can find me. In 10 years, where's John Harris? What's your, I'm not even going to call it your business that you own. I'm going to call it your mission. Mm-hmm. Where is the John Harris mission in 10 years? I strongly believe that if uh, if you're not growing, you're dying. And whether that's uh, in the business world, most of these goals are arbitrary. Like, I want my gym to have this many members, or I want to have this big of a gym and, you know, this big of a house or I think that's those are all things we kind of create in our heads so in 10 years from now I want to have a more wise approach to meeting people who need me to have more patience because I struggle with patience if somebody's having a hard time with my mom you know I can I can think of so many times where I wished I would have you know calmed down a little bit and met her where she was a little bit better. So in 10 years, I want to look back and say, like, man, you're so, 
you're so chill now. You, you, <laughs> you know, you know how to all those frustrating people that I don't want to make time for now. I want to pursue those people with most haste. Yeah, you know, some people, some some people that are the most frustrating to deal with need the most help. And I struggle with that a lot, (laughs) a lot. It's like, what do you mean you can't do this? Yes, you can. Yes, you can do it. You might not be able to do it right now this way, but you can do something right now. And uh, sometimes people can't handle that. And I want to be be better at that in 10 years. I'm not going to set any other super lofty goals that probably don't mean much anyway. Right. Awesome, man. Well, from all of us, Thanks a ton for doing this. this. is not the last time you're going to be on there. I can promise you that. Yeah, this is, this is a blast. Yeah, thanks, this man. Blast. So, so much for doing it. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. The denominators are Ryan Smith, Kyle Binkley, Daniel Knox, Jansen Hart, Lance Jones, and me, Adam Ray. Thanks to Chet Roberts for providing our music. If you like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button and tell a friend. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at CommonPod. That's C-O-M-M-E-N-P-O-D. And if you have a question or a comment for our group, or you'd like to submit an idea for a future podcast, please email us at commondenominators at gmail.com. That's C-O-M-M-E-N denominators at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening.